This episode is brought to you by Shareability, a social content company that makes videos people actually want to watch. They work with brands and influencers to create content that explodes across the web through social sharing and organic discovery. For years, Shareability has been topping the charts with crowd-captivating videos for brands like Pepsi, Pizza Hut, Sony Entertainment, and Cristiano Ronaldo's Rock, delivering over a billion views, 5 million shares, and 50,000 press mentions. Check out some examples of their work on shareability.com. Ladies and gentlemen, we're back with another episode of All Things Video. I'm your host, James Creech, and I've dragged my buddy Thomas Kramer back on the show today to drop some knowledge on us about audience development strategies. And to give you a little bit more background and context, Thomas worked at Maker Studios for about a year and a half. And as part of that, he was tasked with helping some of the largest creators within the network, as well as the Disney brands, understand how to grow audience and uh, build an effective channel strategy. So Thomas, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Excited to dig into a little bit more of the tips you can share around growing and optimizing a YouTube channel. Sure. A lot of this information is very readily available. So if you are a creator or if you're looking to start a YouTube channel, uh, please go out and seek out YouTube's Creator Academy or YouTube Creator Playbook. You're going to get a lot of in-depth tutorial information there around basics uh, from you know, how to brand your channel, what are thumbnail best practices, how do you want to present yourself and have a consistent conversational tone with your audience, production tips for lighting, things that I'm not really well-versed in. <laughs> those resources are readily available for you, so I encourage you to check those out. Probably the biggest thing I see creators, even professional creators, under leverage is SEO and metadata, just because it takes work and it takes a little bit of technical understanding. Essentially what this means is researching the keywords that you are using to title and tag your video with and making sure that these are keywords that, one, have a high amount of search volume, so people are actively looking for this type of content, and second, that they are not overly competitive. So if I have a brand new YouTube channel and I want to rank for a makeup tutorial, guess what? There are many, many beauty influencers who have millions and millions of subscribers who are generating way more views and ad money for YouTube than you are. Um, so you kind of have to climb your way up the ladder to those more generic keywords. So you may not be able to rank for a makeup tutorial, but if you are doing a very specific makeup tutorial, like I want to look like Ariel from the Little Mermaid makeup tutorial, uh, that's something that's very specific. That's also something a lot of people are probably looking for. The internet's a big place. People look for all kinds of different things. If you can carve out a niche for yourself in the content you're making, uh, you have a lot bigger chance of succeeding and growing audience quickly. What are some tools or resources people can take advantage of to help them with search engine optimization for video? Probably the best and most easy to use tool that I've seen is TubeBuddy, which is a browser extension in your, your internet browser. And what it does is it overlays options to do keyword research and then insert those keywords into your metadata in your upload workflow. Uh, which is really handy because I'm not going off to a separate tool like uh, Google Keyword Planner for AdWords or uh, Google Trends, both of which are really powerful and viable. Uh, but TubeBuddy taps into both of those data sources and it integrates right into your YouTube workflow and it's very easy to use. What are some other practices that people can take advantage of when they're thinking about optimizing their channel's performance for search? Mm -hmm. 
the key factors for ranking for search and suggested video are two things. Uh, one is recency, so if you have a new video that nobody's seen yet, this is YouTube's way of democratizing uh, search rankings and results, so uh, they're always giving you an opportunity to rank for something even if you haven't ranked for it before. And the second is watch time, so are you going to generate a lot of user activity on a given video, is it gonna be popular? When you're looking at your content in terms of your best search opportunities, you wanna look at content that is going to generate a lot of watch time for you. So you can go back into your YouTube analytics and see you know, what is my audience retention on a given format I'm doing. Maybe I do makeup videos and I also do hair videos. And maybe the audience watches uh, hair videos to all the way to the end 80% of the time, but they only watch the makeup videos all the way to the end 30% of the time. Well, I'm generating a lot more watch time on my hair videos, so maybe I double down on that as a format, double down on my keyword research for that, and make sure everything's optimized when I push it live. Great. So on the first point, recency, it sounds like the first 48 hours we know are critical to a video's performance, and you should be optimizing your metadata to perform at its best early on in the video lifecycle, so it does get indexed in search. You can, of course, go back and optimize historical library content and see an incremental lift, but the first 48 hours are essential. Absolutely. I don't want to say you're wasting your time if you're optimizing library content because there are levers you can pull to, to make content perform better, but the initial 48 hours are absolutely critical. So you want to make sure that you've methodically researched this stuff and, and put your very best into metadata before you push a video live. And on your second point, watch time. Relevancy is key. If people are seeing your video and abandoning it because it doesn't, you know, it's not accurately portrayed by the title, the tags, the description of the video, then you're going to get penalized in search. And you also want to make sure that you're finding ways to hook an audience and, and retain them throughout. So making your videos no longer than they need to be necessarily. Also maybe creating a call to action within the first five to 15 seconds to encourage people to stay to the end and maybe uh, finding other ways to retain them uh, towards the end of the video, encouraging them to stay for a big reveal or some sort of offer promotion or, or encouragement to check out other content. Yeah, I mean, you, you absolutely don't want to engage in bait and switch behavior if you have a disingenuous thumbnail for what the content's about or headline or feature something that's not in the video. People are going to very quickly realize that. Um, so in the same token, when you are labeling your video with title and description and tags, when you are putting a thumbnail on it, you want to make sure that's contextually relevant to what the viewer is seeing early on they are not hooked within the first three seconds. They are going to go away. They're not going to generate that watch time for you. You're not going to rank. So a call to action is a great way to do that, to make the content conversational. Ask them to engage in the comments. Ask them to share it around. Not in a overtly promotional way. Uh, just you want to bake that into the very nature of the content itself. And a really good example of that is probably like uh, Epic Rap Battles of History. Every episode is ideated by an audience suggestion from the comments, and then every episode ends with what's next, you decide, and people are encouraged to keep that loop going. What are some of the common mistakes that you see creators or brands make when it comes to video and video optimization? Um, well, there's, there's really two sides of the spectrum from an SEO standpoint. Uh, one is doing nothing at all. So we'll see a lot of brands or YouTubers only put a couple words in the title, not leverage a description, not leverage tags, or they'll very sparsely use these tools. On the other side, people will 
actively try and gamify SEO, and they will keyword stuff, they'll put in as many characters as they can about a video that are, even if they're relevant, it's just not being a good actor and intentionally trying to take advantage of discovery algorithms. YouTube doesn't like that either, and they'll penalize you and shut down your channel. Obviously, if you put nothing, there's nothing for a search algorithm or a suggested video algorithm to sink its teeth into, so you're not going to get shown anywhere. Other common mistakes, people having inconsistent upload schedules, not communicating to their audience when they can expect content. You should really treat a YouTube channel like a television channel in this way. Like, I know every Thursday at 8 o'clock, like, my favorite show is on, and if the audience can't expect that your content is going to become live at a given time, they have no reason to return you. Those rules kind of change when you look at feed-based discovery platforms like Facebook or Instagram, where I'm pretty much going to reach anybody who's following me. It's going to be pushed right in front of their face. But for YouTube, it's absolutely critical. Yeah, building a programming strategy is essential, especially so that you don't just get a viewer to a single piece of content that is then lost back in the YouTube ecosystem, right? The inertia of the platform. You want them to see a video you've created and then watch follow-on content, visit the channel, convert to a subscriber, right? So creating a programming strategy that encourages people to return and engage with content on a regular basis is really important to YouTube's success. Absolutely. And probably the, the biggest mistake I see, especially with new entrants to the YouTube space, are just not taking advantage of features that YouTube provides for you. Make sure you upload a channel icon. Like It seems like something that is very obvious, but it is absolutely shocking how many people who are trying to be a YouTuber won't have a channel icon, or they won't have a channel icon that feels premium and is a high-resolution image. Same thing for channel art, same thing for organizing your channel and curating playlists in a way that like you would want to browse and discover content and viewer. So make sure you take advantage of those things and make sure you look at like how the most popular people are leveraging these tools effectively and apply that to your own strategy. And finally, for already experienced SEO ninjas listening to the podcast, do you have some hyper-advanced tactics that you can suggest? One thing that a lot of video SEOs or optimization experts kind of try and keep secret, but it's just sort of standard SEO practices, is leveraging metadata to draft off of more popular people. Um, so the way they do this is they will look at a given popular video's title, description, and tags, and they will try and copy those either exactly or mostly and or try and leverage some of the most popular things that apply to content they have that is similar. So if I find a really popular makeup video that's a tutorial for uh, Little Mermaid makeup, going back to that one, I go in YouTube search and I type in Little Mermaid makeup. I find the biggest video out of the bunch. I copy its metadata, not exactly, but like apply like relevant keywords that are sticky, like Little Mermaid makeup, maybe they have specific tags that they're ranking for, etc. Um, and I apply those to my own video to draft off it in suggested videos. So every time somebody watches that tutorial, hey, they see mine and maybe they want to watch it. I think this is a really effective strategy if you are, you know, for lack of a better term, building a better mousetrap with your content. If you see somebody who's ranking really strongly for something, you're like, oh, I'm doing something better than that. You can leverage that type of strategy to get your content discovered. It can equally be used for nefarious purposes, which often are punished by YouTube. So again, if you don't have relevant content to apply to those keywords, YouTube is going to punish you because you're not going to get good watch time and you're not going to be surfaced and suggested or search if you don't have good watch time. 
And then the other is if you're directly just blatantly copying somebody, if you're trying to find a popular YouTuber and misrepresent yourself as them or misrepresent your content as content that includes them, uh, you're going to get punished and have your, your channel taken down or seriously at risk anyway. Any other tips outside of drafting off of more popular content? Making sure you're keeping a close eye on keyword opportunities. A big part of keyword research isn't just looking at keyword search volume and competitiveness. It's taking a look at what's actually working on the page. So if I know I'm making that Little Mermaid makeup video, I'm going to go actually look that up. I'm going to watch the other videos that, uh, that have been made on it. I'm going to identify what's working, what's not working, try and fine-tune. I've also heard that captioning can be an effective way to get a slight incremental boost in search ranking. Sure. True or false? I think the jury's still out on that, partially because captions are so underutilized. I think you're absolutely going to have more appeal to someone who maybe isn't a native English speaker or, well, native anything speaker. If you have captions available, because then they can either translate those or they can read them and understand you if you have an accent or if your audio quality is not great or if you're talking very fast and it's just a little too much for them. So if you are trying to cultivate a wider audience, I would definitely encourage you to use the captioning feature. Don't use auto captions, they're garbage, type in your own. YouTube also has some great new features with uh, collaborative captioning, so you can outsource some of this work to your audience. They submit it and you screen it. Or alternatively, you contract somebody to make these captions for you. I'm not sure if that's probably the best thing for an emerging creator to go actively spend money on uh, caption translations, but if you're an established creator, you're looking to get some incremental growth and possibly break into new markets, absolutely. Well, thanks so much. It's really helpful to learn a little bit more about how to make sure that your content performs as best as it can on YouTube. And of course, a lot of these tips and, and strategies translate very well to other social video platforms as well. Totally. And I would encourage those who are interested and want to follow more of Thomas's work to check out his blog, Ready Influence. They post some pretty incredible content about audience growth hacking, the state of the industry, and many more things that are going on. So again, that's Ready Influence, available on Facebook and other great places where blogs are found like the internet. <laughs> Thanks again, Thomas. It's been awesome. Thanks for having me. Thanks so much for tuning in to All Things Video. If you like what you hear, please make sure to share it with a friend. We also hope that you'll like All Things Video on Facebook, check us out on LinkedIn, and send us your questions to allthingsvideopodcast at gmail.com. If you send in your question this month, we're going to be doing a special episode at the end of August to answer all of your questions and provide even more context and insight into this growing industry. Thanks again. We'll see you next time.